Amen. I'd like to welcome all of our guests tonight. If you're a guest, thank you for being here. If you're watching us online tonight, wherever you are, we welcome you as a part of this service. Thank you for taking the time to join with us tonight. Praise God. I I am uh, I want to share with you. I, I feel like the Lord several weeks ago kind of put something into my spirit and uh, I, I think it's one of those things we'll go a couple of weeks on here at least but I, I, I uh, sometimes my, my dad will say with certain things maybe it's a challenging situation or whatever he'll tell me well that that's why you get paid the big bucks son <laughs> and I realize part of my responsibility and duty as senior pastor and as much as I like to preach and shout and holler and dance it's also my job to 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 not always do what's just the fluffy cream on top of the pie stuff and uh, you could switch my iPad thank you let me just let me just say something to you. I, and, and I mean, how awesome! And I've I've heard a couple of more bits and pieces to Brother Wilson's uh, story. He, he he just mentioned in that video that Brother uh, Stone King spoke at the United Nations General Assembly. What he what he I heard him told at General Conference that he didn't tell there was he was actually invited to be the speaker, and then God spoke to him to get Brother Stone King to go, and then so you got all this protocol that you really don't mess with. And, and he took a risk and messed with it. So it, it wasn't just that Brother Stone, it was, and, and, and I mean, there, how awesome and amazing. And I, and I think we, we have to be very careful. Because I heard, I heard on the, interesting enough, I heard on the radio this morning as I was heading on, on my way to, to the church building, I forget which radio, it was either 91.9 or 95.1 that I was listening to. And they were telling the story of a, of a Christian music concert that took place in our area, I think, within just the last couple of months, at the very longest. And the, the artist, and I forget which artist it was, and it was one of the popular ones, one of the well-known ones on those radio stations, if I call the name... If I remembered the name and called it, a lot of you would recognize the name. And it was a female artist. I do remember that. And at this concert, uh, part of what they were doing, they, they brought this lady up who has had some kind of a lung cancer she's been dealing with for 14 years. And so they, they paid her, they paid three months, her next three months of her mortgage pay, of her mortgage payment to help her out and try to relieve some of the stress and, all the medical stuff, and, and they said, then, then they did something. The entire arena joined together, joined hands, joined together, and prayed for this woman. And she has, the way I understood it, she has just recently reported back to them that after 14 years, she went to the doctor and got a report, and the doctor says the cancer is no longer there, it's completely gone. And that's powerful, but that's also very dangerous to us apostolics. So let me talk to you about that a little bit. This verse came, I came across it or something, I don't remember how, but verse 3 that I'll read here in a second, several weeks back, and it's just kind of stuck. And so the book of Jude and... Jude, there's only one chapter if you didn't know it, so Jude, by default, chapter 1. <laughs> Starting with verse 1, Jude says this, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, where's Jude? Jude, you listening back there? Hear me calling, hey Jude, all you oldies have got a song going in your head now, don't you? Yeah. Such were some of you. You're washed. <laughs> Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved 
in Jesus Christ and call. Mercy unto you in peace and love be multiplied. Verse number 3, and this is the primary verse. But, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Earnestly contend for the faith. And I, I'll get to it in a few minutes, but faith, the context of faith there is is the beliefs, the principles, the doctrines that were delivered to you. Earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints, for there are certain men crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for your awesome presence here tonight. Thank you for what you've already done, God. There are things that I believe you have done that we have, we have not perceived with our senses, even our spiritual gifts, Lord. Works and things that have taken place in this service as a result of the moving of your spirit. And I thank you for that, God. And now I pray that you would continue to work in this service, that you would speak to us tonight through your word, that your spirit would work in our hearts and lives. Give us ears to hear what you would desire to say to us tonight, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. I, I want to read to you, and I realize what time it is, and so I, and, and I will do my best to be respectful of, of the time, and, and I'm also going to do my best to just try to slow down and not try to rush through this, since there's no reason necessarily to do that. So I, I want to read to you verse 3 and 4 from a couple of other translations. The first one is, the Amplified Bible, and it says it this way, Beloved, my whole concern was to write to you in regard to our common salvation. But I found it necessary and was impelled to write you and urgently appeal to and exhort you to contend for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints. The faith which is that sum of Christian belief which was delivered verbally to the holy people of God. For certain men crept in stealthily, gaining entrance secretly by a side door. Their doom, get this, you, you, you need to see this, their doom was predicted long ago, meaning this didn't just happen unknowingly. We're not surprised by this. We were told this was going to happen. Ungodly, impious, profane persons who pervert the grace, the spiritual blessing and favor of our God into lawlessness and wantonness and immorality and disown and deny our sole Master and Lord, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Message Bible says it like this, Dear friends, I've dropped everything to write you about the life of salvation that we have in common. I have two, I have to write insisting, begging you, or begging that you fight with everything you have in you for this faith entrusted to us as a gift to guard and cherish. What has happened is that some people have infiltrated our ranks. Our scriptures warned us this would happen. First of all, don't be surprised that it has happened. Second of all, expect it to happen. Say that again. Don't be surprised when it happens, and you also need to be on the lookout for it to happen. Who beneath their pious skin are shameless scoundrels. I know the mess, some, some, I know the mess of Bible's got some fluff and whatever, but it also has a way of saying a few things just kind of really to the point. Their design is to replace the sheer grace of our God with sheer license, which means doing away with Jesus Christ, our one and only Master. And then lastly, Weiss New Testament translation says it like this, Divinely loved ones, when giving every diligence to be writing to you concerning the salvation possessed in common by all of us, 
I had constraint laid upon me to write you. What, what Jude is saying there is, I, I was going to sit down and write you a letter. I was going to sit down and write you about this common salvation that we have. I, I, maybe, maybe I could put it this way. I, I was going to send you a devotional. I just wanted to share. But he says, when I started to do this, then I actually felt a constraint put upon me to do this. I, I started with one intent, and then once I started, something else got a hold of me. I had constraint laid upon me to write you, beseeching you to contend with intensity and determination for the faith once for all entrusted into the safekeeping of the saints. Somebody say saints. Somebody else say saints. Somebody else say saints. Remember that, saints. For certain men entered surreptitiously who were of old predicted with reference to this judgment, men destitute of reverential all towards God, perverting the grace of our God into moral anarchy and lack of self-restraint and denying the only absolute master, even our Lord Jesus Christ. So, so let me remind you where we are. We are at Thursday night service. This is, this is, uh, this is where we get pretty much to the core of Antioch. We have people that are a part of the core of Antioch that are not here tonight for various reasons. Very valid reasons. So I'm not saying that the, if you're not here tonight, you're not a part of the core. That's not what I'm saying. This is not Sunday morning. This is not Sunday night. Okay? So I, 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 I shouldn't have to be defensive here. I, I've looked around and to my best of my knowledge, I don't see any first time guests here tonight. And, and, but, but the bottom line is this is Thursday night. This is, this is family. If you're not really a part of this family, it's not a exclusive family, it's a welcoming family. So join us, be a part of us. We all got adopted in at some point. But, but I, I want you to I want you to get the picture. T tonight I, I, I was not here, but I, I watched from a couple of Thursday nights ago. This is actually only the second Thursday night service I've been in all year. Uh, or sorry, third. The second one was last week with Brother Herod. But I watched Bishop's message from a couple of uh, Thursday nights ago when I was in Louisiana and talking about evangelism and reaching the lost and sowing seed and all that, that good stuff. So I want you to get tonight what, what Jude is saying is not about contending for the faith with the sinner. Or, the let me put it this way, the Nicodemuses of the world. Those that, that don't know all truth, but have a genuine relationship with God and a hunger and a desire for God. So J Jude is not saying, I am, I am writing you to contend, to debate with the sinner for what was given to you. He's saying, I am challenging you among yourselves. To contend for what was given to you. Because there are those that want to creep in. Those, those three words, creep in unawares, are one Greek word, or translated through one Greek word. They mean to settle in alongside. To settle in alongside. To lodge stealthily. It means they are working their way in to the point it seems like they are a part of you, a part of us, but they're not. And they're going to challenge what was once delivered to the saints. So let me go back to the remarks I made before I read my verses here tonight and the, and the reference to the miracles. If we're not careful... We will give up what was once delivered to us because we use the wrong things to measure truth. And when we as apostolics give up on what identifies us, and I'm not just talking about our appearance, 
I'm talking about our doctrine. When we give up on that, we lose something. So the enemy wants us to be convinced we can, we can let up on this and we don't have to be so, we don't have to be so clear cut about that and, and we can still have X, Y, and Z. There will come a point in time where a line of distinction will be drawn. And so we must contend for what was delivered. To us. We must. I, I'm talking, I'm not here tonight to encourage, challenge, instruct you to be unkind to each other, unkind to people amongst us, but I am telling you, somewhere along the way, there's got to be something that rises up inside of us that says there were some things delivered to us. And I don't care if it's 2016, I don't care what day it is, I don't care what the latest generation says, whether it's the worldly or the religious, I don't care what anybody else said, there are some things that were delivered that we must contend for and we will not let go of. I've taught it, preached it before, I don't want to get bogged down in it tonight, but... Moses walks in before Pharaoh and throws down his rod and that rod turns into a serpent and Pharaoh kind of apparently wasn't all that impressed and he calls his magicians over and they do the same thing. Let me tell you what happens in 2016 amongst spiritual leaders. They see a couple bit different people that can do the same trick and because we can do the same trick, we ought to all join up and partner together and be a team. I'm going to say it one more time, and I know it's being streamed live, and sometimes I don't like that. A lot of times I don't like that, but it is what it is. I'm speaking to Antioch tonight, and again, if you are by chance a guest that I haven't noticed, I'm not trying to be offensive, but over the last six months, I have sat at the table with, with, with Episcopals and Methodists and, 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 and Charismatics and, and Unitarian Universalists that have all sat at the table and acted like everybody's equal. I've sat in the, at a table sitting next to a female Episcopal, Episcopal priest talking about her wife. That everybody in the room, act, I'm talking clergy, all acted like everything was fine and normal. Let me tell you something. You might know how to turn your stick into a snake. You might know how to throw your rod down and it become a serpent. But just because we do the same thing doesn't mean it came from the same source. And you better watch out when all you do is look at the trick and you don't look at the source. I'm not trying to be disrespectful and call what God did a trick. You get the point, I hope. You see, I'm just getting a little bit of tired of people that claim to be of us that are contending against us. You know what? This is original, so if it's good, it's mine. If it's bad, I can't blame anybody else. Just because you brush your teeth twice a day and floss every day, that doesn't make you a dentist. We got people becoming experts on stuff, and, and you, you, you got no foundation to be the expert on what you claim to be the expert on. We're going to sit and listen to each other, sow seeds of questioning the faith that was delivered to us. 
and let somebody that has crept in unawares cause us to question the men and women of God that God has ordained to lead us. And I'm not talking about just Bishop and Mother Wright and myself. I'm not talking about a select few. I'm talking about the God-ordained people that God has put there put here to lead us and you're going to lead listen to somebody that just brushes their teeth a couple of times a day and now they're some kind of expert I've lived what I've said it before I've lived what brother Herod referred to or talked about last Thursday night where I've gone online and found some symptoms and I I that was it I did it. A, I did it probably seven, eight years ago. I had a, a certain issue, and I went online, and 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 I, uh, I'm in trouble. I'm I'm in bad shape, and 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 my and, and something happened one day. My wife said something. I kind of snapped at her, and I think she kind of was taken aback. And then finally, I'm like, I, I fine. I got to tell you. What you don't know is a couple of days or weeks ago at that point, I found out I, I got a really bad problem. Finally went to the doctor and did tests and wasn't nothing wrong. You can find anything you want to find, good or bad, online. I, I, I touched on this a couple of weeks ago. I have no idea why I'm back on it. There's no specifics I know of. I had no idea I would be here tonight. But don't come bringing me your articles from online from somebody you got no idea who they are and anything about them. You come bring me what you got out of the book. Let me just tell you, let me just give you a little insight. I'm not speaking for Bishop or anybody else in leadership. But the next one of you that gets the revelation that tithing is no longer scriptural and necessary, if you want to come talk to me, don't you bring one single printed out article from the internet. You bring your Bible, I'll bring my Bible and let's talk. Ah, dude, I, I just wanted to write to you, just talk about this common salvation. But when I started to do that, something got a hold of me. Something got to stirring and I realized, you know what, we can't just talk about this common salvation. We got to wake up and realize there's stuff that's trying to creep in unaware and steal from us things that are very precious to us. And I want you, I want you to notice again, he's talking to saints about saints. But I want you to also notice who it is he's talking about. You gotta be careful of. Not, not in, in 2016 terms. Not those that you watch online, not those that you can watch on TV, not those that you can read their books, not some, not somebody like that. But be careful of those that have crept in among us. Wiersbe's expository outlines on the New Testament says with regards to this, Jude started to write a message on salvation but was led by the Spirit to abandon his theme and warn the believers of the false teachers now in the church. You will note that many verses in Jude parallel 2 Peter 2, Jude was written later for Peter prophesied that these false teachers would come. And Jude says that they are now here and at work. Let me tell you something. If 2,000 years ago, Jude was saying to the, to the, the infant church, what Peter warned is already here. Don't tell me it's any less now. You, you, you ought to, I, I got a couple I can recommend if you're really interested. I'll have to do a little bit of digging to find out the specifics. But, but you ought to read some of the authors from the, the 1800s and, and back. 
who talk about things even use exact terms. I, I was reading a book by Ian e. Bounds a couple of years ago, and I actually used it in a message one time, but I was reading a book, and the book was written somewhere in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and, and in the late 1800s, early 1900s, he was talking about the problem of the prosperity doctrine in the church. Like 1800, 1900, what in the world? I mean, you don't get up and preach about getting a new Cadillac and... Because you know what? There's nothing new under the sun. And one of the greatest dangers, one of the greatest traps of the last 15, 20 years amongst some apostolics is they thought they got some kind of new enlightenment. Of something that's been an ongoing problem. In that same book, he talked, Mr. Bounds talked about, you can't reach the world through, through just programs and, and bringing them to, you know, just, just for, just stuff. I'm like, are you kidding me? I thought that was today's problem, new problem. So if Jude was saying what Peter said was fulfilled then, how much more now? Listen to a couple of the things that were said with regards to this. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 4. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at the appearing of his king and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Amplified says it this way. But also in those days there are those false, there, there arose false prophets among the people who just as there, who just as there will be false teachers among yourselves who will subtly and stealthily introduce heretical doctrines, destructive heresies, even denying and disowning the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their immoral ways and lascivious doings because of them the true way will be maligned and defamed. I've been having a little bit of a neck issue since last spring. And so it's nothing major but just kind of a nagging thing. And I, I uh, think it was back during Call to War, if I'm not mistaken, uh, brother, brother Shelton knows how to crack necks, so I, I, I had him crack my neck, and I, I think it brought a little bit of temporary relief, whatever. But so I, I but last last week I went to see the chiropractor. I was not prepared for his question because, as we we're talking about what's going on, well, has anybody else adjusted you or anything? And I wanted to just say no. Just come to you and I'm like, you know what, I, I guess I'm, I, I very embarrassingly said, well, I, I had someone crack my neck. Or, were they trained? Um, no, sir. So you, you just had someone crack your neck. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. Maybe they're better than me or got something I don't have, he said. And I'm like, well, I guess I wouldn't be here if that was the case. You know what? I don't want to stand before God one day and Him say, Where, where'd you get your doctrine? Well, um, well, I went to the doctrine dollar general store. Found something that was really cheap, and I. Where, where'd you get your doctrine? Well, I, I spent a couple of hours online one day, Lord. First, Second Peter two and one. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring up themselves swift and bring upon themselves swift destruction. 
and many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom they of the truth shall be evil spoken of. Many will follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. tell you something, I, I, I'm, again, I'm not really God, ultimately it's between God and I, not your opinion, but I'm trying to be critical or judgmental, but there's an awful lot of stuff out there online and on television that has, by reason of them, the, the way of truth has become evil spoken of. Twisted doctrines and strange things that twist the word of god and so they bring a they bring a mark against what is actually the truth the message bible says but there were also lying prophets among the people then just as there will be lying religious teachers among you they'll smuggle in destructive divisions pitting you against each other biting the hand of the one who gave them a chance to have their lives back They put themselves on a fast downhill slide to destruction, but not before they recruit a crowd of mixed up followers who can't tell right from wrong. Living Bible, but there were false prophets too in those days, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will cleverly tell their lies about God, turning against even their master who bought them. But theirs will be a swift and terrible end. Many will follow their evil teaching that there is nothing wrong with sexual sin. Hmm. Oh, wow. And because of them, Christ and His way will be scoffed at. We, we can't, we, it's not our job to change the world not our job to change the world. We have not been commissioned to change the world. Reach, yes. Change, no. Fishers of men to save from, but not change the world. Not here tonight challenging you to go out and contend with the world. Most of us have... have pretty much enough spiritual wisdom and knowledge that for the most part, not just anybody coming along spreading some doctrine is going to trick us. We can begin to let down our guard amongst us. And if we're not careful, some may have slipped in unaware. And so we must contend. Teacher's commentary says this with regards to what Peter said. Is there a distinctively Christian life perspective? Of course there is. We are to find worth and importance in people rather than things. We are to love, not to use or abuse others. The Christian perspective measures material against eternal values and finds the unseen more real than the visible. The Christian outlook on life enjoys holiness and finds sin uncomfortable. Finds sin uncomfortable. It rejects instinctual responses in favor of self-control. By loving God and others, a Christian finds fulfillment that no other focus for life could possibly provide. Anything that draws us from the distinctive Christian perspective on life is a dangerous threat to the church. Anything that draws us from the distinctive Christian perspective on life is a dangerous threat to the church. Only by building our lives on God's values can we find the holiness that gives the Christian fellowship its vitality, and its power. Jude said, contend for the faith. The word faith in the Greek means this, persuasion, credence, moral conviction of religious truth or the truthfulness of God or a religious teacher, especially reliance upon Christ for salvation. Abstractly, it's constancy in such profession 
By extension, it is the system of religious gospel truth. We are apostolics. We are apostolic. We are apostolic. We don't need to become something else. There's plenty of something else. We don't need to edit who we are and what we are. That's already been done. We've got to contend because at some point there's a distinction that will be made. Brother, you have shared it with me at times. We've discussed it at times. Some different conversations he's had. And the, the warning, if you will, to some. To be careful. Because whether you sense it or not, As apostolics, everything we are, there's some things that provides. That while you may go other places and it appear to be the same thing, it's not the same thing. Let me, just, let me, let me tell you something, folks. We, we sometimes get this little chip on our shoulder. You know, if we change a few things, we, we grow and we expand and we just blow the top off of it. That is a lie from the pit of hell. That is, that is the deception of the enemy. Unfortunately, it's one that if we're not careful, there's some reasoning to it that sounds very logical and attractive. But we must contend. Bible Knowledge Commentary says this, The faith, the faith that God had once for all entrusted to the saints is the body of truth taught by the apostles. The term, the faith, used also in Galatians 1.23 and 1 Timothy 4.1 refers to things believed. The false teaching of the apostates called for the believers to contend, to agonize earnestly with all diligence in defense of those truths which ungodly men were trying to destroy. In effect, Jude said, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. The intrusion of the libertiness refers to outsiders who would poison the church and who should be rejected. The apostates were not followers of Christ who had erred, but intruders who did not belong and who sought to wreck the believer's faith. God and what God does is unlike anything else. Man, you, you've got somebody, we have to go, let's, let's go back a couple of years here, help me out. You got Windows and then you got Windows, what was, what was 2.1 or what, what were they? Now we got, you know, it's all these other words, but you, you, got, you got the new version. And the new version is an improvement on the old version. Of course, what's amazing is, every time man comes up with a new version of something, the new version's got bugs that have to be worked out. And, and so now, now we, 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 you know, tech, technology improves and it changes and it develops. And, and, and for the most part, in a lot of ways, it gets better and better. You and I are not man 2.0. God did not create Adam and then say, well, I'm going to have to get an updated version in a little while because I didn't get it right on this one. What God does is perfect from the start. And what God gave us to begin with does not need to be improved. It does not need to be adjusted. It does not need to be edited. He does not need any help. 
The faith that was once delivered. Part of the context of what Jude is saying there is, it was once delivered in the sense that when it was delivered, it was good enough the way it was. And so we are supposed to contend for that, not something new. Not something different. Well, you know, in 1970 when Bishop and Mother rode into town, that was, you know, that was one thing, but it's, it's 2016 and just a few adjustments here and there would, would know. We contend for what was once delivered. I, I, I want to, uh, I'm going to take the last, I I, I probably shouldn't, but I I will, I guess, here. Last couple of minutes, and I I just, I feel led. That was was the foundation. I just feel led to just kind of remind us of a few things that we contend for. I know we're all, you know, we're, we're grounded, solid apostolics here, but... You'll just have to permit me for some reminders. And I, I'm only gonna, I'm gonna touch on one here just for a few moments and, and then I'm gonna quit. To me, it's, I think in a lot of ways, it's the starting point. Deuteronomy 6 and 1. Now these are the commandments, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it, that thou mightest Fear the Lord thy God to keep all His statutes and His commandments which I command thee that thou and thy son and thy sons all the days of thy life that thy days may be prolonged. And somewhere I've chopped this up. Verse 3, Hear, O Israel, hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it that it may be well with thee and that you may increase mightily as the Lord the God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth milk and honey. Verse 4, here it is. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The Lord our God is one Lord. So in 2016, we all know there can't be a trinity because there is one Lord. Gotcha. January. I already got my gotcha in for the year. February. No, we, we do know that, but you see, that's, that's part of the problem in 2016. We have made that verse to be the cornerstone of why there can't be a trinity. It had nothing to do with the trinity. Does it apply? Sure. Oh, Israel, listen. Jehovah is our God. Jehovah alone. Meaning, He's not just a God. He's the only God. I'll leave it to some of you other fine folks to pronounce the first part of this, and I'll just stick with the English. Adonai, our God, Adonai is one. And you are to love Adonai, your God, with all your heart, all your being, and all your resources. And so this isn't so that in 2016 we would have a verse to prove there is no trinity. He was talking to a group of people that were surrounded by nations that believed in multiple gods. And he was saying to them, there's one. There's only one God. And then in other places he said, and by the way, beside me, there is no other God. So I bring you this verse tonight, not to just remind you that we don't believe that there's a three gods or three persons in the Godhead, but more importantly, in some ways, to remind you there's only one God. Not just that He's the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost in one. No, no, there's only one God. 
No, not that God is one and God is one, but, but beyond that, there's only one God. Sorry for the very carnal reference, but I, I've, I've seen a movie or two where uh, one of them's a Christmas movie where all, you know, the, the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny and, and, uh, and Santa Claus and all these other, what do you call those? Those things, yeah. They're all having their council meeting. I'm just, I'm just telling you, Jesus doesn't have meetings with Buddha and Muhammad and... There is one God. The bottom line is this for you and I in 2016, where we are shunned a lot of times because of our doctrinal beliefs. We, we are not dealing with anything more difficult or, or, or any harder than what the Jews dealt with. I'm quitting. Barnes note says this. These words form the beginning of what is termed the Shema. In the Jewish service and, and belong to the daily morning and evening office, they may be called the creed of the Jews. This weighty text contains far more than a mere declaration of the unity of God. That's good. I didn't write it. That's good. Because there's a really good chance the guy writing it was probably a Trinitarian. (laughs) It's more than a mere declaration of the unity of God as against polytheism or of the sole authority of the revelation that he had made to Israel as against other pretended manifestation of his will and attributes. It asserts that the Lord God of Israel is absolutely God. And none other. He and He alone is Jehovah, Yahweh, the absolute, uncaused God. Uncaused God. Meaning, somebody didn't create Him. The One who had, by His election of them, made Himself known to Israel. Lastly, Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown says this, compared with the religious creed of all their contemporaries, how sound in principle, how elevated in character, how unlimited in the extent of of its moral influence on the heart and habits of the people. Indeed, it is precisely the same basis on which rests the the pure and more spiritual form of it which Christianity exhibits, but it is observable that a belief in the unity of God was a fundamental principle, not of their faith only, but of their political constitution. The social fabric in all other contemporary nations rested upon the assumed truth of polytheism. And the Israelites themselves were so deeply infected with the spirit of idolatry that stupendous... Listen, listen, listen. My text is probably too small and too blurry as whatever, but if somehow you can follow along with this, get this, please. The Israelites themselves were so deeply infected with the spirit of idolatry that the stupendous miracles of the Exodus could not wholly eradicate that cherished tendency or keep them faithful to the worship and service of the true God. All of the miracles that they had experienced, the things they had seen God do, was not enough by itself to keep them dedicated to one true God. The wisdom of God who had separated them for higher purposes provided that their civil polity should be essentially connected with the worship of the one living and true God so that their national history became a history of the church. And the moment they abandoned the service of God, they ceased to exist as a nation. Hence, the moment we abandon the service of God, we have ceased to exist as a church. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Yes. We believe Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are three, not, are not three separate co-equal, but they're three manifestations of the same God. But in addition to that, and equally as important to that, is just the fact there is only one God. And that one God told us, I am the way, the truth, the life. Not a way, not a truth, and not a life, but the way.
want you to stand if you would, please. Father, I pray tonight that you would help us as we are entering into something new as has been preached to us and prophesied to us and confirmed by numerous voices over the last several months, God. As we believe we're about to enter into a new demonstration and manifestation of your power and spirit, I pray, God, that you would also help us to continue to be true to who we are and what we are. God, that you would give us the wisdom and the discernment to recognize when some might be trying to creep in unaware and might try to contend against what it is you've given us to contend for. God, I pray that by your grace we will not be influenced, we will not be intimidated by those around us and perhaps even those among us that would challenge those things that have once been delivered to us in your word that we might contend for them so by contending for them we also might maintain the anointing and the authority and the power of your spirit that rests upon us. Help us tonight, Father. I pray that you would help us as a church collectively that we would continue to contend for. But I also pray, God, that you would help us as individuals. I pray for every person that's a part of this church, God, that you would give to us the discernment that is needed to be able to navigate those times in our lives, God, where the enemy tries to position those who will contend against rather than contend for that we might hold fast to our faith that has been delivered to us in the name of Jesus Christ. Give us revelation, understanding, wisdom, guidance from your Spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. Pray that the remainder of your week is blessed. In Jesus' name.